This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and a podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. I remember having both Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters figures when I was a kid, and they would often go on adventures together, and sometimes they would meet up with my G.I. Joes, my Spider-Man, my Batman universe toys, right, that they would have a good old time. I remember having both Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters figures when I was a kid, and they would often go on adventures together, and sometimes they would meet up with my G.I. Joes, my Spider-Man, my Batman universe toys. They would have a good old time. Hey everybody, it's me, Remy, and it's time for episode three of Play Around and find out. This week we're going to talk about inspiration and classroom activities from three different sources. For the last couple of weeks, my AP Gov students and I have been working on writing children's books to showcase their knowledge of the second unit, which is all about the interaction among branches of government. And recently, I've fallen in love with the Book Creator app, which is an amazing resource that you can go through and create workbooks, activities, interactive books. You can do all kinds of app smashing that it's just all kinds of goodness wrapped into one. So I decided to have my students start authoring their own books, and they're broken into groups of I think between two and four, I have a couple of students that have decided to go it alone. And they've been asked to write about one of the three branches of government. I'll make sure that it is linked in the show notes. But the assignment asks the students to create a 20-ish page children's book, which is geared towards an audience of five to eight-year-olds and have them understand what it looks like for an individual branch of the government to operate and how those branches interact with either of the two federal remaining branches. And the conversations the students have been having are very, very interesting. I love listening to some of the conversations that my AP students have because they are all chronic overthinkers and perfectionists. And this is an arena where the overthinking is actually kind of useful, where They've looked at drafting their language, explaining something two, three, four, five, six times to see if they have directed their understanding of the concept to the right level of the audience. They've had brilliant conversations about graphic design in terms of looking at minimizing sloppy layouts and then even looking at creating characters or using images that can draw in a preschool through second grade audience. It's been fun to kind of see the work that they've got coming together in terms of their production. I've really enjoyed this product because one, it gets them showing that they understand or have mastered what a particular branch of government does by not only being able to explain it to each other in their groups, but then also scaling that explanation down to a younger audience. But more importantly, it gets some 
critical thinking, some creative thinking, some design thinking skills in the works that you traditionally don't hear people talk about in a social studies classroom aside from like, what does the layout of my PowerPoint look like? The other reason I think this is kind of fun is the way that I plan on grading it. The reason why I selected uh, five through eight-year-olds is because I have a five, almost seven, an eight-year-old at home. So when my children want to know the difference between what I do in my classes and what they see in their classes, I think this becomes a cool example to go, hey, look, my students wrote a children's book about one subject. And I can use my children to see if the explanation of the concepts are at that working level of your standard young reader, early reader book. The other thing that I'm going to try and do is work on some of my connections on Twitter and Instagram to see if I have some early elementary classrooms that want to partner and read the books and also assess what my students have done successfully or what they could do if they were asked to work on something like this again. The other reason why I think this is great timing uh, is that we are on the verge of be an author month that be an author month is the holiday month holiday created by book creator where for the last 10 years they've been working on trying to amplify voices and they use the hashtag twima so twima is the world is my audience and i think we should be done with these books right before we leave for spring break which for us is friday the 9th of march so it would be pretty cool to be able to participate in being Author Month for the first time as a class and as a teacher. And I didn't know that this was happening, you know, before I attended a webinar a couple of weeks ago. So I like that I can show my students the immediate impact that they have when we can share the books that they have published with a worldwide audience through being Author Month. So... For any other things or questions that you've got or information that you want on Book Creator, you can check out the links to books that I have created to my libraries in the show notes. And once the students get done with their work and we publish the books, then I'll make sure to not just tweet about it. I'll probably update it in the podcast, but in the show notes for this very episode, I will go back and add in the links to the library that is the books that they've created. Our second dose of playful pedagogy this week is to talk about probably my favorite app that is driven in the direction of my content, and it's iCivics. I think iCivics is one of the premier methods of teaching civics and government to literally any kind of audience K through 12. If you're not familiar with iCivics, it is the passion project of now the late Justice Sandra Day O'Connor that when she retired from the Supreme Court, she started working with individuals to create iCivics, which creates nonpartisan civic learning content that starts around different games that you can play to teach different themes, ideas, topics, etc., etc., so you can play games like Win the White House to learn electoral strategy and electoral math with the Electoral College. You can play Do I Have a Right, where you are a secretary at a law firm, where you are dealing with clients coming in and asking questions if they have the right to do something, if it's covered either by just the Bill of Rights or the full Constitution. You've got 
executive command, lawcraft, uh, convene the council that allow you to look at the different branches of government in action. But in addition to these games, they also have uh, web quests. They have uh, document-based activities. They've got mini lessons. They've got videos. They've got everything that you could want to grab to integrate civic learning into just about any kind of content that you are teaching. So naturally, I love this as somebody who's taught, you know, both our regular and advanced placement government classes, but I've also used, have used iCivic content when I've taught history. I use it in my economics classes. I also literally use all of the games and have what I call the iCivics Olympiad happen throughout the entirety of the school semester where for each game the students play, they get a certain amount of impact points based on their performances. And I have a running scoreboard that I will share with them and update frequently on uh, our Google Classroom page where they can see how they're doing and they compete to either get a political action figure, bobblehead, or Funko Pop. So I'll have students up to the deadline of our last game before either graduation in the spring or the semester ending in the fall, going back and replaying games to try and grind out some extra points. So I love these games because they're good, they're insightful, they're nonpartisan, and they have an excellent replay factor to get kids engaged to constantly enjoy the content. The other reason I wanted to talk about iCivics is that they are sponsoring Civic Learning Day, which is March 14th this year. And in the the show notes for the podcast, I will have uh, links to not just iCivics and all of the resources that they've got or, or resources that I've created to go along with my use of iCivics in the classroom, but I'll also have a link to the Civic Learning Toolkit. That way you can find the variety of activities that are happening on March 14th. The final segment for this week is me reading a book and talking about it. And I really think the book I stumbled onto this week is... If I would have written a book, it would look and sound like this. This week's book is Play Like a Pirate by Quinn Rollins, and it's part of the Dave Burgess Teach Like, Lead Like, Play Like, Explore Like a Pirate that's written by Dave and other people who have published books under his publishing company's umbrella. This book came out in 2016, and it's not necessarily about, like, simply gamifying classroom. It is how to incorporate the spirit of play with the things that we all loved as children in the classroom. He starts from the premise that when he was growing up in the 80s, he was obsessed with Star Wars toys and Legos and wanted to take that love of building Legos, of playing and exploring with the the Star Wars figures, he makes references to the Barbies that his sister had. How can we take that love that we as individuals may have had when we were children and still maybe have to this day and incorporate it into our lesson? He gives five maxims for how to incorporate this kind of fun or play in the classroom. First, make sure it applies to your content. Don't just play for the, the purpose of play that even if it's good, in a world where we have administrators and overseers that are worried about us making sure we are teaching and applying content, 
we want to make sure that we are using play and using fun to push for proficiency. The second is don't kill the fun. Find things that engage the students, but also allow you to engage alongside of them. That in last week's episode, I talked about playing some of the board games with my comparative government students, and he talks about trash talking with his students playing a board game about mining that was created in one of his classes. Number three, make the activities versatile. Make sure that they can be things that you apply in a variety of different contexts. And I think this is both brilliant and essential. We as teachers create way too much time creating a kajillion different projects, worksheets, forms, learning opportunities for our students. And while it might be good and unique, there are a lot of people who think that this might be time wasted because we're teaching kids how to use a program once and then forget about it. We're teaching kids a skill set to use something and then forget about it. And this versatility idea is create a template for an activity, a lesson, an idea that you can apply to a variety of different contexts. So have some degree of both versatility or reusability to it. Number four, try it out yourself on your kids, your friends, your family members, your colleagues. That way, if you can solve some problems that may pop up that you may not have been aware of, it allows fewer opportunities for things to become derailed in your classes when you do them. The last one, use toys that you loved that you grew up with, right? So he talks about his love of Star Wars, his love of Lego, but then talks about how he can't get into like My Little Pony, that if that's your thing, he's not going to yuck your yum. But get into the things that you were enthusiastic about. So as a child who was born in the 80s, came into my being in the 90s, I'm obsessed with the Power Rangers, with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, with Masters of the Universe, with the figures that have come up through the Funko lines that I love talking about, The Office or Parks and Rec or other shows that are nerdy and now have this kind of merchandised application to them. His argument as to why you should do that is that your passion for whatever your thing is allows your students to find that stasis point within themselves, that one thing that they love, that they're obsessed with, that resonates with them, and channel that into some of the things that they produce. I don't read a lot of manga. I don't watch a lot of anime. It's just never been my thing. But I have a lot of students who are obsessed with it. And we've been able to channel their love of those things, of those shows, of those books, and channel the spirit of those things into some of the products that they've created. So throughout the book, he gives suggestions on how to use different kinds of toys, games, and superheroes, graphic novels, and comic strips. I'm not so much going to talk about the third section, the comics and graphic novels, because I'll probably dedicate a whole podcast episode to that alone. If you don't know, I'm a massive comic book collector and nerd that when I'm not doing school stuff or grad school stuff or parenting or coaching, then I'm reading, blogging, and creating online content about my love of comic books of both new and old. So I'll talk about that kind of stuff in its own podcast. 
What I want to focus on from this book is his suggestions on toys that I have deployed sort of two different versions of some of the activities he suggests in my classes towards the end of last week and the beginning of this week. Chapter one is all about action figures, that at some point in our childhood, we have some kind of action figure that we can make play in a variety of different contexts, that it can be true to playing along with its other like action figures, but then it can also become a variety of different things. I remember having both Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters figures when I was a kid, and they would often go on adventures together, and sometimes they would meet up with my G.I. Joes, my Spider-Man, my Batman universe toys. They would have a good old time. So one of the suggestions that he gives is to have your students design action figures and then also the packaging or the card back that go alongside with the action figure. And this is something that I employed in both my Gov and Comparative Government classes this week that I gave them my spiel of the things that I love. I showed them some of the toys that I have purchased that are both new and old that are still in the package because I'm a curmudgeon and I want to collect them things. But then I also showed them all of the things that I have out and have brought in some of my Ninja Turtles that uh, maybe I play with during my planning period. He makes the argument in the action figure section that we can use these to summarize concepts, to teach concepts, to show related applications that we can use it to explore literally any kind of phenomena because in this late stage capitalist age, we can literally buy and sell models of just about anything. So in the show notes, I could not find his template that he used. So I looked at his description of the different items and elements of a box looked at some boxes of my own and created an Adobe Express template that will be linked below along with the general guidelines for how I would deploy this in any setting. So in my U.S. government class, instead of taking notes on every single individual or every single department who works as part of the executive branch, the students created a action figure that is centered around one of the different executive departments at, that are tied to the cabinet level. And the expectation and the norm is that they pull all of the big players that are in the presidential line of succession. But then I also had students ask if they could pick from some of the offices that get added by individual presidents to the cabinet. And I was like, oh, heck yeah, do that. I'll share in the show notes the gallery of the work that I've had submitted by students to this point. But what we are going to do to look at and investigate the different executive departments is to do a gallery walk of their action figure packaging that between my printer at home or the one of the two color printers we have in the building, I can print off 40 colored pages and be able to display these in the classroom, in the hallway, around the space, and have them take some short notes and get some more memorable mind pictures of what the different departments do based on the action figures. In my comparative government class, we're exploring Russia at the moment, and I had them create an action figure for each of the Russian political parties that have representation in the Duma. And again, we talked about how we can summarize things about the different political parties that 
could be very easily put on some kind of packaging and that will translate to some kind of note card level understanding. I also was excited to talk about this because, you know, in a podcast and a website that have a artificial intelligence pun in the name, and I haven't talked about much AI until this point, we definitely use some AI to help generate our images that we used either AI image generator in Canva or Adobe or in Microsoft Designer to create different types of action figures. And in both of these classes, I put my screen up on the display and we talked through how we could play with different prompts to create different likenesses since we can't create an action figure of a person because it will block their, their name in the generator. So it was fun to listen to kids kind of come up with trial and error on their prompts to see the thing that they got just right. So again, while they're learning the content, they are also learning some of these 21st century skills in playing with and honing artificial intelligence prompts. So it was really to see how it all played off. And again, in the show notes, I'll have examples of the work. The other thing that I've taken from this and I've not done yet, he has a section where he mentions Barbie and says, my Star Wars characters played at my sister's Barbie's dream house whenever she wasn't around. And that makes me laugh because both of my sons have Pokemon parties at my daughter's dream house when she's not around. We're going to create Barbies throughout the semester in CompGov because one of the things that we look at is the different levels of rights or protections that are given to women in these six different AP countries. So we're going to have students create a Barbie once a unit or once a country. And at the end of the semester, we'll have a portfolio of different Barbies to look at the plight of women in these different countries. And I'll share the template below, but I'm super excited to see what they come up with. So stay tuned for more updates. And that's it. Episode three is now in the books for play around and find out. I loved Quinn Rollins's book. I love iCivics. I am truly madly deeply in love with everything that I can do with book creator and the different designer apps that I mentioned in the last section. So have you come up with a good idea like you could in Quinn Rollins's play like a pirate? Do you have other examples of incorporating your own passion for the toys that you embraced in your childhood in your classroom? As always, let me know in those comments. Hit me up on social media, send me an email, or leave a comment on the blog post. Find me in any of those ways, and we'll find a way to keep talking about play. But until next time, y'all, it's time to play around and find out. All right, everybody, I just want to take a quick second at the end of the podcast to thank you for listening to another episode of Play Around and Find Out. If you look in the show notes, you will find all of the ways that you can keep up with my hijinks all over the internet that you can find me at teachersplayground.com. Playground is P-L-A-I-G-R-O-U-N-D.com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook or on TikTok under the Teacher's Playground handle. Or you can find me on Twitter, because I'm not calling it X, because Pluto's still a planet, baby, uh, at Remy, R-I-M-M-E-Y, 
APGov. You can also keep an eye out for whatever I've got going on in terms of blog posts throughout the week over on teachersplayground.com. But as always, if you find something that you like, share this out. Help me get a, an audience of people who are interested in my musings on education, play, and creativity, and how this old dog is attempting to learn a bunch of new tricks to create engaging, active, and playful learning experiences for all of my students. So until next time, y'all, it's time to play around and find out.